So the thing that's interesting to me about meta practice is that, um, well, let me just say for one of the reasons we practice metta is to remind ourselves and to remind each other that that seed is always there. And that we can, um, allow our experience of it to grow by attending to it in a moment-to-moment way. So what we'll be doing this morning and what I'll invite you to do over the course of the day is to work with phrases that help to like acknowledge the presence of this inherent loveliness, um, to steady our awareness on that goodness, um, and to come back when we find that the mind is wandering. In the metta practice, like all about Rama Vihara's work, I was taught in three, three ways. Um, one way is that they are concentration practices, which means that when we train our attention in one place, whether it's on a phrase or on a part of the body, and we keep bringing it back and back and back, it helps the mind to kind of go from a state of dispersal to a state of gathering, collecting, and settling, and that it helps the mind and the heart and the body to align and synchronize all in one place at one time. And this happens on its own, but we can encourage it by attending to something and stabilizing our attention there and letting the mind be simple in that way of like, just this phrase, just this phrase, just this phrase. Um, it acts like a tether. And then, you know, the mind that's in the past and the future and the, you know, the heart that's, you know, with the loved one here and the loved one there, it kind of like all, it's like, it's like a lighthouse. It knows how to kind of gather and come home. Um, and the concentrated mind is a powerful mind. It's like the right kind of power. It's the power that our world desperately needs. (laughs) So you might, as you practice with these phrases, notice that sense of kind of gathering, collecting, settling, sense of stillness and spaciousness um, and wholeness of being all the way here. All parts of us are invited here. There's also an aspect of the metta practice that is a um, cultivation practice. So we use these phrases, we use visualization that, you know, given the right circumstances, might actually help us cultivate an experience of metta, which is this heart of love that is um, aware of its own and others' good qualities. And there are many different images given for metta in the text. Like um, some of them are like, if you imagine a bunch of different animals in the field, it's a rain that falls down equally on all, like a gentle rain that falls on all of them equally. So the phrases are used are without discrimination. Like it's not like, oh, this sheep, but not this sheep. And you know, like, (laughs) you know, you, but not me. It's like, no, all of us, all of us, all of us, Um, misted with love. Okay. 
There's also images in the text. It's a lot of water images, actually, which is nice that we have this reminder here. Right? Meta like water. There's images of uh, meta being like um, uh, cups that flow that so that um, they're stacked and uh, one the top cup, the center of the top cup intersects with the lip of the next bottom cup and it goes down like this so that once this top cup is filled then it just naturally overflows into the next into the next and it's uh meant to describe how the experience of metta flows from ourselves to other beings right like once um our cup is full of love with ourselves it just naturally overflows and there's another image of metta being like water that over time dissolves rock. And this is a, one that's been very dear to my heart because sometimes it feels like nothing's happening or sometimes I'm practicing metta and it feels like I'm just hitting a wall in my heart and I can't get it in. And I'm like, go in, me, me, ha, me. I'm like, bring it in, Johnson, bring it in, (laughs) you know, but it feels stuck. And um, somehow, you know, yelling at my heart doesn't open it. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) But what the text says is that it's like water over rock that it may seem like nothing's happening. But over time, the water just washes the rock clean away. Tanisara says, Magahata Relarava, that the path activity um, dissolves obstacles to the path. Just the activity of wishing ourselves metta dissolves all obstacles to metta. And our only job is to just keep going. And then the other way that metta can work is as a purification practice. Um, You guys know about purification? Purification means that um, it's like a detox, kind of. Not always cute. (laughs) But essentially, the medicine of metta can shake loose everything that's not metta from the heart. And so that's why sometimes... We intend to practice metta, but instead we feel not metta. (laughs) Irritation, frustration, impatience, grouchiness. So it's one of those things where we can notice that arising and um, to the best of our ability not identify as like, oh, that's, that's the core of who I am. I'm the one who is grouchy. I'm the one who is, you know, impatient. I'm the one who wishes, you know, they had done a, a ecstatic dance retreat <laughs> instead. <laughs> but just said, oh, you know, like some doubt is leaving the heart now, you know. And to, like water, let it flow.
how about we do a little guided practice and then um, tell you about the rest of the day. Some of you are already doing it. You can start the metta practice by just making your body, setting it up to be as comfortable as possible. Of course, bodies don't tend to be super comfortable, so um, (laughs) you may be noticing that, but if there's anything you can do to help it be more comfortable, you can um, feel free now or any time to adjust. A really soft landing into your practice. We have so much time, so much space around the practice. There's no rush. And you might choose to spend a minute or two now, maybe a little longer when you're guiding yourself, just um, connecting with your body, connecting with the sensation of your breathing. If you like, you can use sound as an anchor. There's a bird outside that really wants our attention. (laughs) So rather than struggling, you could open up the sense gate of the ear and just allow, you know, the coming and going of sound in the field of awareness to be your anchor right now. In any case, just finding a dimension of experience, sensory experience, and allowing the other aspects of your, you know, experience to fade into the background and really drawing forward either body or sound.
And now having let the mind settle to some degree, the invitation is to reflect on and name to yourself your own good qualities. And certainly we are all a mixed bag. And also you wouldn't be here if you weren't literally filled with goodness. So we're just training our attention on the ways that you've been patient and courageous and gentle and resilient. And you can notice when the voice that says, well, not always, or what about that one time? And, you know, maybe so, but right now the instruction is just to notice the good. If it helps, you could even um, remember or imagine what it was like when you were a little child. Maybe there's a picture you've seen of yourself as a kid that really captures your the essence of your spirit. And start naming the qualities that you see there. And then in addition to these qualities that are uniquely you, reflecting on the truth that is in the heart of every, every being, the wish to be happy and not to suffer. And just letting yourself feel the beauty and the innocence of that wish. How sweet, how true. What a perfectly beautiful thing for this heart to wish for.
And then we'll amplify that wish by offering our heart phrases of love. I'll share with you the ones that I use and you can use them for now. You can use your own um, bring your awareness to your heart. Some people find it helps to put a hand on the heart if you like. Always an invitation. May I be safe and protected from inner and outer harm. May I be happy and peaceful. May I be as healthy and strong as I can be. May I live with ease. May I give and receive all the love that I need. May I feel that love right now. May I be safe and protected from inner and outer harm. May I be happy and peaceful. May I be as healthy and strong as I can be. May I live with ease. May I give and receive all the love that I need. May I feel that love right now. So as you offer these phrases, you might Visualize a beam of light coming from your heart and looping back right into your own heart. You might envision a gentle mist falling over the heart, softening it, or offering your heart a flower for each phrase. You can coordinate with the breath or you can just let the breath flow as you offer the phrases. Mm 
May I be safe and protected from inner and outer harm. May I be happy and peaceful. May I be as healthy and strong as I can be. May I live with ease. May I give and receive all the love that I need. May I feel that love right now. A few minutes now to keep going on your own. You can use those phrases or whichever that you remember or resonate. You can change the phrase or say it in a language that most speaks to your heart. It might not be English.
your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to practice metta for yourself for a full 24 hours. (laughs) And um, it's not wrong. (laughs) It's allowed. I once read a book where Sharon Salzberg was... um, uh, like rented a house with some folks and was practicing metta for herself for a whole month, you know, nonstop. Um, Concentration, cultivation, purification. You may see one or all of the above today. So uh, you'll notice that in between our sedentary practice, which can happen in in here, please come here for this guided uh, meditation at 9 a.m. and then the 4.45 p.m. um, Dharma talk. But in between, you know, there's like another long practice in about 45 minutes. Um, you You can come in here to practice. This is like a tried and true home base. It's been like seasoned, you know, you like season a cast iron pot. This has been seasoned, right? By all of our practice and intention is a good place to come. Um, It's also fine to meditate outside if you like, find a place to sit. If you have a clock or a timer, just, you know, you can, or you're within the kind of area of the lakes, you can hear the sound of the bell. You know, And in terms of the walking or movement practice, um, there's a couple options. So mm, I should tell you that some everybody holds these retreats a little bit differently. Um, and in some places, you'll be asked to really do like a, a um, a very formal walking practice, which I think is a beautiful practice. And that's an option for you, um, to find a place that's, you know, 10 to 20 paces where you can walk back and forth, um, to and fro and (laughs) where, um, it's not so much about getting somewhere, but about the experience of moving the body through space. And, um, for that, uh, people often find like it's helpful to start by feeling the sensations of the body. Um, and you can either name to yourself left, right, left, right. Or the slower version, if you're noticing that that feels too like loud and clunky in the mind, like lifting, moving, placing, shifting, lifting, moving, placing, shifting. Um, 
And so you would just find like a, a path, you know, outside here. I guess we won't, we won't do walking or moving meditation in, in this space, but uh, outside here, Bibiana said above, above the um, dining hall, there's a, a, a living room area. You can do walking meditation there if it's raining. Um, but, you know, as long as it's not, I think outside's really nice. Um, so let's say maybe aim for, you know, well, I don't even want to say that. Let me say a little bit about why you might choose a different kind of practice. So there's a sutta where the Buddha gives an a analogy of a cow herd, um, like watching a flock as a, a metaphor for mindfulness. And he says that like when it's like springtime and there's no wolves around and like everything's chill, the, you know, the, the cows are just happily grazing the cow herd just kind of like sits back and like looks at the sky and plays his flute and the cow the cows are just kind of happily grazing around but when the cow when it's like you know winter time and the cows are like fighting with each other and there's some predators that are climbing over the fence and the cow, cow herd has to kind of get up in there and like really like herd the cows together energetically right and this is the metaphor for our practice like when things are kind of the mind's steady, spacious, easeful. We can be a little bit like looser on the container. But if the mind's like kind of going all over the place and like jumping over the fence, <laughs> you know, they want to kind of get in there and like <laughs> gather. Okay. So a more formal practice, like a walking meditation, you know, 10 to 20 paces going back and forth is really good for gathering the mind, right? If the mind feels dispersed, giving it a container, giving it like, you know, just... It's like when a toddler's freaking out, like containment, you know? <laughs> and then they start to learn like, oh, I actually want to settle now. And thank you for providing me that boundary. We can provide a boundary for the mind. Um, if the mind feels steady and like um, interested in exploring, it's also cool to take just the aimless wandering kind of walk where you'll be noticing kind of... Um, the movement of the body and sound and color and shape and, you know, as best as you can, staying in the present moment of sensory experience as you walk around until you hear the bell and then coming to a seated, seated practice. And it's also, you know, some of you have other practices like yoga, like Qigong, Tai Chi, um, also fine with me if you want to get a little spot and, and do practice like that. But I would say if you find your mind um, being like, should I do this or that, this or that, this or that? Um, which one's best? Which one get me to enlightenment fastest? <laughs> you know, which one? That, just um, pick one and stick with it, you know? And it, simplicity is always a good choice. So the walking back and forth can be really helpful in that, in that case. Um, if, you're, if you want to keep it simple, but your body's not like amenable to walking back and forth for 45 minutes, also fine to like walk back and forth for a few minutes, have a, a seat at one side of the path, sit down, get up again when it's right. Or if standing for is not a, a good option either, um, I learned this from a friend, um, finding a good place to sit and just um, experimenting with lifting an arm and placing it down. The other arm, placing it down. So basically we're just bringing awareness, the mind and meditation to some kind of movement practice. Because this is a metta retreat, um, 
if your mind's like, uh, no more meta, can't hang, handle it, you know, feel free to just like drop it for the movement practice and just focus on sensory experience. If you are like, could he include meta in, a, in the movement practice? Use your imagination. I mean, you can certainly um, incorporate the phrases in like a rhythmic way in a walking practice. You could also consider embodying the the quality of metta, like if you've started to get a taste of that like expansive, gentle, friendly energy, um, you could bring it into a movement practice by, um, you know, what Thich Nhat Hanh talked about, like um, walking as if your feet were kissing the earth. Okay. Or I had a teacher once who imagined um, like, spreading rose petals on the ground as she walked. So these are images or ways of embodying metta that can kind of thread through, you know, movement practice, but also any kind of informal time. So like that. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.